This morning, we have a great friend of ours from Newcastle, Australia. He's been a friend of mine for a long time and is one of the funniest Australians I know. He pastors Good Life Church, and I know you're going to love him this morning. So would you welcome with me Pastor Dave Connett. How good's that? How y'all doing? Ah, well, it's great to be here. I've, I've heard about Coastline Church for a number of years, and now I get to see it. This is good. This is fantastic. Um, my wife and I have been friends with uh, Pastor Aaron and Amanda for, oh, look long enough to know better. So um, it's just, it's great to be here, finally. I've been, I've been watching the growth of all sorts of different things like the, the, the play equipment out over there or the, the amount of meat you guys eat when you gather. This is, this is phenomenal. This is the kind of church I want to be a part of. I'm just thinking I'm going to ditch my church in Australia and come and hang with you dudes because you eat meat like it's, like it's going out of fashion. So uh, I, just love it. I just think of those poor animals. This is not the church for a vegetarian. <laughs> think of the poor vegetarians. Think, oh, those poor little cows. Oh, no. It's poor little piggies. If you, if, if you like animals, wrong church for you. But if you love cats, great church. They didn't eat any cat the other day. So you're good. So that's really, really good. I just think, ah, uh, I just, I just, I just, I love cat. I just can't eat a whole one in a single sitting. So, um, yeah. Anyway, um, have you heard about, have you ever heard how to make a cat woof? Uh, you pour like, um, gasoline on it and then throw a match on. Woof. So, um, that's how, that's how you make a cat woof. And, um, do you have any cat lovers in the house today? Uh, we've, we've got an altar call later on. We can cast that devil out of you in Jesus' name. That's that it, better out than in, I say. Anyway, um, it's great to be here. Fantastic. It's all good. I just All the cat lovers now hate me. You'll get over it. You'll be fine, I'm sure. Fantastic. Well, it is good to be here. Um, uh, my, my good friends, Aaron and Amanda. Now, where, where did Pastor Amanda end up after there was, there was like a packed front row? So now she, she's gone. She just left. She didn't want to be here today. She was singing, and now she's gone. Okay. She's around. She's, ah, going to take care of the boy. Well, anyway, it's all good. We'll catch up for lunch later on. Um, good friends with your pastors, and they're absolute champions. So next time you see them, um, two options. Actually, one option. Pat on the back and say, love you, pastor. And then just cash in the hand. Just go, just love you. Just give him cash. And um, that's, that's a good thing. It's a great thing. I love it. I love it. Fantastic. And um, I, I just think it's interesting. Number, number one, your road system is fantastic. Love it how you drive on the wrong side. It's just <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> I pulled out of my friend's place the other day and I didn't tell you guys, I drove on the wrong side of the road for at least a minute before I saw another car. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm driving along going, you're on the wrong, no, I'm on the wrong side. (laughs) Just pulled over and went, whoa, I was doing blind corners, everything. And uh, that's great. The other thing is when you, when you buy something in this country, there's a couple of things that I'm just not used to. First of all, like, and they advertise, that's going to be like, Five, it's the $5 shop. It's going to be $5. It's not $5. It's $5.44. You add tax to everything. Like in Australia, if you see the price, that's the price. It's the tax included. And then uh, we actually pay waitresses in our country, not like you guys do, so we don't have to give tips as well. So anyway, that's another story. We don't, we don't, we don't do tips in Australia. Like, and people, you think, oh, that's crazy. You don't give tips. No, we actually pay people. 
decent wages. Anyway, we don't have to, we don't have to think. Is that the price? That's the price. Anyway, but other than that, I forgive you and I accept you warmly and welcome. G'day. If this, if this, is, if this is your first time at church, it's not normally this crazy. Uh, normally the guy, the, the, the good looking guy who introduced me on the screen, that's not him. That's a blue fire. But, um, but normally he's around and he's, he's anyway, a bit better than me. So anyway, he's back next week. So forgive me. And, uh, we're going to, I think we're going to get to the Bible cause that's probably what we do around here. Do you guys like the Bible? Is it a good thing? Yeah. It's the Bible's the Bible's okay. We can, we can refer to the Bible. That'd be brilliant. This is a Christian church, right? Fantastic. It's good. Just making sure I'm in the right place. Uh, Genesis chapter 19. Hey, that sounds good. Genesis 19. Have you got your Bibles with you? Uh, if you don't, there will be, guaranteed there's a Christian nearby. They'll have theirs and you can read on. And um, just, they're sharing caring types around here. If they've got a Bible, they'll probably, they'll probably give it to you. If you don't have a Bible, you need one, so they're just going to give it. And especially you're in luck if you're sitting next to someone who's got the Bible on an app on their iPod. Because all of a sudden, now you've got an iPod iPad, great. You're always wanting that iPad now because at Coastline Church, they're generous types. They're just going to give it to you. So I love generous Christians. Love it, love it, love it. Today, we're going to read from uh, the book of Genesis and 19. I think in the Bible, there's a lot of great stories, a lot of great things that we can learn from and uh, and, and adhere to and go, wow, I want to be like that. Um, I've also found in life that you can avoid mistakes by seeing the people who made the mistakes originally and go, just avoid that. And today, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to give you some big mistakes that you can learn to avoid by just reading the Bible going, I'm not going to go there. I'm just not going to do it. I've made a decision. <sighs> Greater is he that's within me than he that's within Genesis 19. So in Genesis 19, there's a story about a city, two twin cities called Sodom and Gomorrah. Now the twin cities, I grew up in twin towns called Foster Tunkari. Now, Foster was a uh, was a name given meaning I don't know what, but it's from it was it's an English name. Foster is an English name, so uh, but Tunkari was is an Aboriginal name. It's an Australian Aboriginal name. Tunkari mean plenty of fish, and uh, so Foster Tunkari was twin towns. Now, the twin towns in this story are Sodom and Gomorrah. But because we've often got concepts about Sodom and Gomorrah, what we're going to do is we're going to totally rename this because we're not focusing on the meaning of Sodom and Gomorrah today, but we're going to. We're going to focus on what happens when you spend time in and around these types of areas. So today we're going to rename Sodom and Gomorrah Sketchy Town. Are you familiar with the terminology sketchy? Yes, we're we're okay with sketchy. It's not some random Aussie word like g'day mate that um, that I just love it how you guys try to say g'day mate. I've worked out that we we do American accents better then you guys do Australian accents. And you know why? It's because we get your garbage TV. Which is, we just get all your garbage. It just comes our way. All the cheap, all the free stuff. It all comes along. And we get all that kind of stuff. So we learn how to talk like an American. I just can't do all the different accents from the different places. It's crazy. I was in New York the other day. And I'm, so seriously, the waitress is saying stuff. And I'm like, huh? It's, uh, come, uh, can you say that again? And, she, and she's looking at me like, I'm speaking English, man. Like, you know, it's like, you idiot, open your ears. I'm like, no, I speak English. You speak some foreign language, I'm sure. But she was trying to speak English. Anyway, and uh, so we're going to Sketchy Town. So everyone say, come on, say it, Sketchy. Say it like you mean it. Say Sketchy. 
Say it like an Aussie. Sketchy, mate. Ah, that sounds better. Feels like home now. Feels so good. Thank you so much. Um, So sketchy town's the kind of place where sketchy things happen all too often. Now, the problem with Sketchy Town is there's a, there's a man of faith who's living there. And, uh, well, the, the problem is with this guy, and his name's Lot. He's Abraham's uh, nephew. And, and Abraham's kind of brought him up um, uh, yeah, I mean, through the years because Lot's dad uh, died. Lot's dad was Haran, which was Abraham's brother. And Haran died at, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, while, while, while Lot was young. So kind of Abraham brought him up kind of as his own and uh, took him along to the new country and says, well, what part, what part of the country do you want? Do you want that part that looks good? Or do you want this part? He goes, well, I'll take the good bit. Abraham, you can take that bit. And off they go. And a couple of times, Abraham has to come and rescue Lot and come back and, and take care of things and take care of his nephew a couple of times. But there's this one time where Lot, who was living at that time in sketchy town, he's a man of faith. He's a man who's brought up in faith, but yet living in a world where standards are dropping drastically. And Lot is not the guy who's actually shining a light of faith. He's a guy where instead of influencing the world around him for the glory of God, the truth is that the world around him has influenced his life in God. So the thing is, he's been living in sketchy town, which is what we're meant to do. We're meant to be living in the world, not of the world. Can I have an amen? We're preaching truth this morning. We're meant to be living in the world, but yet not of the world. The problem is with too many Christians is we're of the world, but not in it. That ought to challenge some people here this morning. Because it's too easy to get caught in our lovely, sterile Christian environment. Praise the Lord. Maranatha, Hosanna. How are you doing this morning, brother in the Lord? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Hosanna, Maranatha, praise the Lord. Glory, 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 glory. Cheryl, give me more strings. Hallelujah. And that's just as you walk in through the doors. So sometimes we love to put on our lovely Christian face when we come to, when we walk into the sanctuary. And uh, how are you doing? Great, you liar. Come on, tell us the truth, really. Come on. And so we can put on the face, but the truth is we're meant to be in the world, but not of it. And Lot, well, he's been in the world, but he's actually succumbing to it. He's being influenced by it. He's living in sketchy town and sketchy things happen in sketchy town. Sketchy town is the kind of place where on the radio, sketchy songs come up. I don't know if it sounds familiar to any place that you might know, but I mean, sketchy songs come up. I, 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 and and it, it's kind of, it, I remember having my first ever car. My first ever car was given to me, and there was reason why it was given away. Uh, but my first ever car was a 1973 Cor- Toyota Corolla Coupe. 1.2 litres of absolute power. We used to call it the Rolls Canardly. Rolls down hills, can hardly get back up them. <laughs> and um, this, this, this poor car, uh, its number plate with the, with the letters D-O-V, it was a white colour and so it was nicknamed The Dove. We nickname everything in Australia. If we can, we'll shorten a name. My, name, my birth name is David. I'm never going to be called David, I'm Dave. Right? And, and, and if we can, we're going to add a, a, a different 
vowel on the end. So I'm probably going to be Davo. Um, I got, I got a mate called Aaron, like your pastor. He's called Azar. You're going you're gonna to shorten it, then you're going to add on something else, and then you're going to really drop your voice. Azar, Davo, Aussie. That's how it works, right? And, uh, but so, anyway, so this, this car got nicknamed the Dove. No single man wants to drive a car called the Dove. Yeah, you know, you're going to ask a young lady out on a date. Hey, darling, you want to come with me? I remember meeting my wife for the first time. I was a young adults pastor at City Point Church in, in Brisbane, quite a large church, and we had uh, a new crop of Bible college students every year would come through. And, uh, and so as the young adults pastor, what I wanted to do was to come down for the first chapel of the year to uh, check out the talent. Sorry, I mean, uh, what I meant was to worship the Lord and to also help integrate the young women and the young men um, into the house of the Lord, help them feel like home. You know what I mean? Like that's what we want to do, right? And so I was there at the back. I was worshiping with one eye open and I uh, really just praising God with everything I had. And I looked down the front. There was a girl right down the front and I thought, gee, I love the way she worships. What a great worshiper. And uh, I could worship next to her. We could worship together. Mm, let's worship. Anyway, so I said, to, uh, I said to one of my connect group leaders, and I said, I want you to go and, want you to go and connect with her. You know, and help her really feel connected into the house of the Lord. Don't let her go. And, uh, and so they went down, and we didn't know. She was from New Zealand. Now, you think Australians sound odd? Try New Zealand for a second. And uh, they just speak really kind of strange. And so my, my friend, my, my, one of my connected leaders went up and said to her, Hi, what's, what's welcome? What's your name? She said, My name's Rebecca. It's what? My name's Rebecca. And that's seriously, it's how Kiwis talk. Um, you know, I mean, like Kiwis, they just got random and you know, they, 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 they get distracted all over the time. You know, I mean, they say one, two, three, four, five, sucks, seven, eight. And so we would just start to, we would just tease her. And we go, after a while, we're like, what's your name? We did, we don't understand. And she's thinking in her head, Rebecca, but she says it, Rebecca, because that's how they say it. And she's thinking, this is a biblical name. I'm, I'm at Bible college. I'm getting welcomed at Bible college. You don't even know a biblical name. Rebecca. She goes, what? Your name's Bigger? Like off the Muppets? Me, 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 me. Yeah. So she got nicknamed Bigger for like two years. And we would tease her with a Kiwi accent. Oh, Rebecca. Hello, Rebecca. Are you hungry? No, I'm not hungry. Because she knew we were absolutely teasing her. Here's, here's the key for an Aussie. If an Aussie teases you, they love you. If they're not teasing you, they don't. So I've teased you a little bit. I love you, right, son? Anyway, so, are you hungry? No, I'm not hungry. Yeah, of course you are. Do you want to go to the 7-Eleven? You know, get some wheat bucks? How many wheat bucks would you like? Socks or maybe seven wheat bucks? You want to, you want to wash it down? Are you thirsty, Rebecca? You want a Pepsi mix? And for dessert, you could have a heaven on a stuck. Anyway, so I end up, we worship together these days but she got nicknamed Rebecca anyway so uh in, in Australia we, we we nickname everything my car was nicknamed the dove and uh you, you don't want to say to someone you don't want to say to your uh your bride-to-be the girl that you're keen on hello let's let's go for a date where are we going oh, going to the movies what are you going to pick me up in the dove 
So I picked her up in the Dove. This Dove car had uh, one of the old original radios. Do you remember those radios where they didn't have buttons? They had dials. Remember those ones? In Sketchy Town, what you'd do is you would come over the range into Sketchy Town and you would have to tune in. You know, remember the days you'd have, you couldn't just press a button. You could, it wouldn't search for it yourself. You had to do it yourself. You know, it was an art. It was an art form to find that right radio station. It was an art form. And you would have to turn it up and hear what was called static. I know the young generation might not understand this word. It's called static. This little thing, it went the way with the dodo, like with those big uh, records. Records were like a big black CD. And... Um, and, 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 and so, and, but you would come over the range and you would have to, and you would have to tune into a new radio station. Who remembers those days of tuning into a new, with your, with your dials, not buttons, there were dials, it was amazing. And, um, and you would come over and you think, I've got to, I've got to get some radio. So you'd, you, you would, you would tune it and you'd have to turn it up to hear the static because you'd have to hear if you were getting the signal coming in there. And it would come in, in a sketchy town. You find it, you get too far, you come in. Won't you take me to sketchy? Town, won't you take me to Sketchy Town? He's like, oh, get off that, get off, get off. And he comes, oh, I can suck and hear something. I'd catch a grenade for ya. Throw my hand on a blade for ya. You know, I'd do anything for ya. But you won't do the same. Anyone noticed how much of a loser Bruno Mars is? Have you, have, you, have you listened to those lyrics? I'd catch a grenade for you, but you wouldn't. You don't love me as much as I love you. Love you more. No, you hang up. Oh, Bruno. Bruno, just grow up, right? And they said, oh, get off, Bruno. <laughs> yeah, I can start to hear something coming across. Um, last Friday night. Yeah, we danced on tabletops. Yeah, we drank too many shots. Yeah, we kissed, but I forgot. Just quick question on Katy Perry. If she kissed someone last night, but she forgot, what else is Katy forgetting? Sorry. I'm not buying what Katy Perry's selling, ladies and gentlemen. And I think we've got to, I think we've got to make a realisation, a stand within our lives that we're not going to buy this stuff. Here's the problem in Sketchy Town is they swallowed that pill. Lot was listening to Katy Perry and just thinking it was normal. But it's not normal, Katy Perry, to wake up with a hangover, with, with corn and carrots on your shirt, forgetting what happened last night, and paying a lot of money for the substances for the privilege of doing such thing, and then go, oh, what a great night. Like, we, we've got the audacity as Christians when people say that to go, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, I suppose. I suppose that's really cool. And you're thinking how you're living isn't and what they are doing is? You've got the audacity to have more faith in that lifestyle than yours? I, th- there's this ad in Australia, and it's for, a, it's for a company called BCF. It's a very creative name, stands for boating, camping, and fishing. And this store basically sells everything to do with getting out in the great outdoors. And there's this ad about uh, this guy watching TV and watching this amazing stuff about the great outdoors on TV. 
And so he's sitting there with his kids. Barry's, and he's a great Aussie accent, Barry's watching a documentary about animals in the great outdoors. And Barry's there on his couch and he's watching the thing. And then the, and the catchphrase comes across, and this is what BCF stands for all the time. And this is what they say, that ain't living, Barry. And then they see Barry in a boat, and then they see Barry in his camping, and then they see Barry with, you know, I mean, doing all the sports outside, not just watching it happen. Truth is, ladies and gentlemen, is when someone says, when, when it looks like someone's swallowed the pill of Katy Perry lifestyle, or of Bruno Mars, or of sketchy town in whatever way it comes, I think we've got to have the confidence to say, that ain't living, Barry. That ain't living. Let me show you what living's about. Let me show you a life of faith. Let me show you that God gives us all things richly to enjoy. Because too many Christians are living, he gives us some things to endure. He gives you all things to enjoy. He gives you life and life abundant. It's the devil that comes to rob and kill and destroy. Sin looks at first like it's going to be pleasurable or you would not do it. But it only serves to demean and to demand and to hold people down. It starts looking like fun, but it ends in destruction, ladies and gentlemen. But the way of the righteous leads up. Upward and onward. And that's the plan of God. That's why he's got us in the world, to be in the world, but not of it. And Lot has succumbed. Lot has succumbed in sketchy town to the sketchiness all around. And ladies and gentlemen, we are living in very similar times. We're living in sketchy town. Now, San Diego looks beautiful, but I can guarantee you the same problems are happening in this city as are in my city in Australia. I can guarantee you there's issues with violence, with drugs, with abortion, with divorce, with home breakups, with all sorts of craziness. And people are going, yeah, that's just life. But could it be that Christ in you is the hope of glory, not just for you, but for your whole city? That there's something brilliant happening inside of this church. That we're not going to be like Lot and let sketchy town come upon us and affect us and be and we're not going to be influenced by it, but shine something better and brilliant that influences the world around us. Could it be there's a generation of men and women, young people, older, that are standing upon the principles of God and love of God, opening their arms to any person from any socioeconomic level, from any color of skin, from any background, will even accept the Kiwis here. And say, you're welcome right here in our church, in our home, and in our life. Lot was influenced by it. And you find this in, in Genesis 19, when these angels come to tell Lot and to warn. I found out that God doesn't do anything harsh, doesn't do anything strong. And harsh. People think that God is the judgmental God sitting back and just waiting to judge, waiting to hurt people, harm people. Waiting, as soon as you have fun, as soon as you sin, God's unhappy with you. I found out that I'm always a sinner. And so God's grace is always open to me. And sure, my response of that grace is now a response of love. And well, I want to get closer to God. So I'm not looking for ways to sin. I'm looking for ways to get closer to God. And so here's, here's a guy that this, this thing has come upon him. And, and so 
in, in sketchy town, um, uh, the, you know, I mean, God's about to deal harshly because the effects of the sin is now pestilence and disease, which is rife, and it's affecting more people than just those involved in the sin. Ladies and gentlemen, I found out that sin doesn't just affect you. Well, I'm just doing my sin. It's all about my life and what I want to do. Ladies and gentlemen, if you live that way, you will affect more than just you. It will affect your children. It will affect your family. It will affect those around you. People will be affected by your habitual sin, which you keep on going back towards. It's not just you. It's those around you. And it was affecting more than just the people involved in the sin. So God says, I've got to deal harshly with this because there's innocent people that are affected. So he sends angels. Always there's a warning. Always there's a prophet. Always there's someone that says it's time to get out. And in this case, he sends angels. And sketchiness has come upon Lot so much. You read this here. They come into Lot's house. Um, Verse 4, before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Everyone say, sketchy. Is that not the epitome of sketchiness? No, the next verse is. Lot went it actually it gets worse again. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you and you can do what you like with them. Everyone say, sketchy. Oh Daddy, what are you doing? Like if ever there's a time to give yourself an uppercut, that's the day. There's a guy who needs a frontal lobotomy. What are, you, what are you doing? Basically, the angels sort the deal out. The angels say, you've got to get out. And the angels go, come on, let's get out of here. They're stalling. I think it's a joke, all kinds of different things, but they end up getting out. Today, there's three types of people that I want to pray for. Number one is those that just need to get out of sketchy town. You found yourself living in there. You found yourself that although you're living in there, it's influenced you more than you've influenced it. And now you've become assimilated in the Borg. It's a little one for all the Star Trek fans. That's all I've got. I don't really like Star Trek. I don't get it. My brother's a Trekkie. I tried to cast the devil out of him, but it just came back with seven of its mates. But he's just got assimilated in it. There's some people here today, and you've been assimilated in it. You're still thinking, Katie, what's wrong with Katie Perry? You make me feel like I'm living a teenage dream. The way you... No, you don't turn me on, Katie. I'm sorry you don't. Nope, nope, nope. It's not going on. There's some people here today, you've got to get out. Maybe for the first time, maybe your eyes are open and realize that there's something better. This God who speaks the world into existence, but yet wants to be relational with you and close. This God who saw the problem of your sin and said, I'll pay for that, now offers to get you out of sketchy town. You're cool. But tonight, today, there's some people who need to get out of sketchy town. There's a second type of person I want to pray for. This is what happens is the angels say, we've got to get out. Lot's, Lot and his wife and his two daughters, they get out. Here's one rule though, don't look back when you hear what's going on. And as they're walking out and they're getting out over the hills out of sketchy town, Lot's wife stops. It, it, it was the town where she raised the children. It, it was the town where 
the kids lost their teeth. And the, the, you know what I mean? the tooth fairy came. Not the rock tooth fairy, but the real one, right? And, and, and it, was the, it, was, it was the town where she taught her kids how to ride a bike. It, it, it was the town she'd raised the children in. So she was heading up and out, but she had more feelings for what was behind her than what was in front of her. She was caught in no man's land and didn't know what to do. And the angel said, don't look back with longing in your heart. And sometimes as Christians, you've gotten out of sketchy town, but you're halfway up the hill and you've got more emotion and feeling and longing back on your past than you do potential of the future of what's heading in front of you. The testimonies that tick me off are the ones when someone stands up and for four and a half minutes we hear about how bad you were before you were a Christian and in the same sentence as saying how bad you were, you say how good it was and then you say, oh, and then Jesus saved me, amen. Surely there's better ahead of us than is behind us. Surely if the God of the universe with so much power and so much justice and so much mercy and so much love and so much majesty is now living inside of my heart, then the future ahead, I might not know every step. I might not be able to see the whole staircase, but I can take the first step. And knowing that God leads my steps, that the path of the righteous leads upward, but behind me is a thing that I want to get away from. There might have been some times which I might be sentimental about, but really? Do I want to look back longingly? So Lot's wife, caught in no man's land, ends up turning around. And as she turns around, she gets turned into a pillar of salt. Rumors have it. That pillar of salt is one of the colonel's 11 secret herbs and spices. (laughs) That makes you crave it fortnightly. It's just a rumor. It's not biblical. It's just a rumor. She turns around and she is locked. She's not moving from that place. She can't go forward and she can't go back. How many Christians do you know are not productive, not fruitful, and they can't go forward and they can't go back? They're stuck in no man's land because they're looking back longingly upon the past. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to stop looking back longingly upon the past. Tell me about your future. Tell me what God's doing. Tell me about your family. Tell me about the people that you get the opportunity to be a part of a community of faith that you get to grow with. Tell me about what God is doing and what God's going to do, not about what the devil did do in your past and the stupid mistakes you did make. Well, the truth is God doesn't wipe that from your memory because your test in your past is now your testimony in your future, the goodness of God. Your mess of your past is now your message. Sure, there's a reference point of where you once were, but the truth is where God is taking you is greater than the days that are behind you. Stop looking back longingly. Stop telling them about how good it was. Third type of person. Here's the deal. The two daughters end up walking past, leaving mum behind the pillar of salt with dad. They don't want to settle in Zor, it says. In verse 30, Lot and his two daughters left Zor and settled in the mountains. For he was afraid to stay in Zor. They got out, they were afraid. And because of fear, they come up with excuses of what they were going to do or where they had settled. They'd settled in a place where they weren't fruitful because of excuses based upon fear. How many times do we do that? Well, I can't do that because of excuse one, two, and three. Whatever it might be. Well, for me, insecurity and fear was a massive part of my life. I, I, was, I was brought up with a, with, a, with a strict diet of fear and insecurity. 
I was brought up on the wrong side of the tracks. My mum had a massive car accident when I was young. I don't remember what it's like to have a mum who can walk properly. Based upon that, my mum was on an invalid pension. My mum's right leg was pushed up her body in this head-on car accident an inch and three quarters, permanently. You know that song, the hip bones connected to the thigh bone? With my mum, they rewrote it. The hip bones connected to, well, not much really. It's just a mess. It's just an absolute mess. So she's disabled, permanently disabled. My dad went on a spouse carer's pension. I'm so glad for the taxes that were raised to be able to put food on my table as a child. Because there'd be no other way. And um, so based upon that, with not much to live on, too many times we'd go without. Too many times I'd go to school without food and end up trying to scab food off my friends. Ended up on the doing all sorts of things to try to attract the attention or the approval of people. We come up with all sorts of excuses why we are who we are. You know what? I've got enough excuses to be a victim and be a welfare cheat for the rest of my life. But when I walked into a church and someone told me about this Jesus, and I realized that the path of the righteous leads upward, that I didn't have to be a product or defined by my past, but I'm defined by the God who te- takes me and steps me into my future. Therefore, it's not just about me, but my opportunity then to minister and to love and to reach out to other people. That sketchy town might be all around me, but I'm not going to succumb to it. I can step out of that past and I'm not looking back longingly. But here's the deal with these girls is they had excuses of why they were stuck up in the mountains in an unfruitful place. And because of that, their mind started to go twisted. And when the pre- Pressure came on. They said, well, you know what? We've got to keep dad's lineage going on. What are we going to do? How's this going to work? And the older sister comes up with a concept and says to the younger sister, what we're going to do is we're going to get dad drunk tonight. Bad move. Let me just say, drunkenness is stupidity. Stupid things happen when you're drunk. Bad things happen when you're drunk. So just don't go there. Where's the allure in that kind of stuff? I don't get it. And so I'm not looking for how close I can get to that line. I'm going to step away from it if I can. It's a good idea to avoid those things that the Bible says avoid. And so the younger sister goes, good good move. Let's do it. But what are we going to do then? Well, let me tell you what's happening. Come, let's get him drunk. Yep, bring him back up, bring him back up. Come, let's get him drunk with one and then we'll have sex with him. Oh, everyone's so sketchy. (laughs) That way we will preserve our family line through our father. Keep it going. So that night they got him drunk with wine and the older daughter went in and had intercourse with her father. Everyone says, sketchy. He was unaware of her lying down or getting up again. Sketchy. The next morning, the older daughter said to her younger sister, I had sex with our father last night. Let's get him drunk with wine again tonight. And you go in and have sex with him. That way we will preserve our family line through our father. Everyone says, sketchy. Let's keep on reading. So that night they got him drunk with wine again. And the younger daughter went in and had intercourse with him as before he was unaware of her lying down or getting up again. Sketchy, thank you. As a result, both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their own father. Come on, I know you want to say it. You've got it. It's sketchy stuff going on here. It's like you can get the boy out of the country, but you can't get the country out of the boy. It's like you can get the boy out of sketchy town, 
but there was still a fair bit residing. They got out of sketchy town. They didn't like mum, look back longingly, but when push came to shove and they were under pressure, I don't know, what's your pressure? And in your pressure, what do you do? Are the bills mounting up? How's your marriage? How's your relationship with your crazy teenage kids? How's your teenagers? How's your relationship with your crazy parents? Is there health problems? Where's your pressure? Have you been made redundant? Did you get the sack? Where's your pressure? Because when they're under pressure, you know what they did? The Bible says, like a dog returned to its vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. They got out of sketchy town. They weren't looking back longingly. But when the pressure came on and they, were, they had the opportunity to lean into God and see the greatest miracle they could ever have seen and seen the blessing of God returned onto their family. But at the moment of pressure, at the moment of need, they'd gotten out of sketchy town. They weren't looking back longingly. But on the moment of pressure, they just walked straight back into sketchy town like they'd never, ever left. Let's get dad drunk and let's sleep with him. I don't know. Where do you go when you're under pressure? Where do, you, do you go back to the click of the internet on the porn? Do you go back to the gossip? Do you go back to the comfort eating? Do you go back for sexual sin? Do you go back to anger? Do you blow up at people and make excuses why you're allowed to? What do you go back to? Surely we all do. Surely there's something which is your weak point that you find yourself going back to. And today... The great thing is, is that the love of God reaches out to you in your moment of pressure. You can either go back to the sketchiness or you can lean into God for the greatest miracle you've ever seen. Some people here today got to get out of sketchy town. Second type, those that have from this day have made a decision. I'm never looking back longingly. I'm changing my confession of my faith. And third, those that say, you know what, I do. I I go back to... I go back when there's pressure. And today you're saying, God, help me, give me strength. In that moment of pressure to lean into you and not away from you. I'm going to lean into the relationships of the men and women of God around my life that are going to help me through that tough time and not away and isolate myself. How about you bow your heads and close your eyes right around here? Father, today I pray for these men and women young and old and in between, I pray for heaven's grace and heaven's power. Lord, you show us the example of these people that made great mistakes, mega mistakes. God, I pray for these ones that they be free, that they lean into the strength and the power and the love of God, that they realize they're created for greatness. They're not defined by their past. They're not defined by the society around them. They're defined by the love of Jesus Christ that resides within their heart. (laughs) And I pray that heaven's touch and heaven's power would be made real and made known to them. God, today, that for those that have got to get out of sketchy town, that today they're saying, I'm out and by the love of Jesus Christ and by the grace of God, my sins are forgiven and I'm getting out of that place. I'm no longer going to be influenced by the world, but I'm going to be an influencer of the world. Father, for those that are convicted today that have made the confession of their past has been stronger than the confession of the future. God, I pray for the strength to focus on the God who's taking us into our great future, who gives us life and life abundant. 
their paths winds upwards for the righteous. And God, I pray for those that in the time of pressure, maybe they're not doing what those two girls did, but they've found themselves going back to some form of sketchiness of their past, making excuses for it. God, I pray today freedom in Jesus' name. I pray freedom in Jesus' name. I pray freedom in Jesus' name. Come with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you want, if you need to respond to any one of those three, you're getting out of sketchy town, you're going to stop looking back longingly, or you find yourself going back with every head bowed and every eye closed. Come on, just lift your hand up and say, yeah, pastor, pray for me. Yeah, right here. Come on, lift hands up. Hands going up right across this auditorium. You're one of those three, or maybe there's more of those three that you're a part of, but you're saying, yep, yeah, I need freedom. I need the love of Jesus Christ into my heart, the strength of God, because we're going to walk up and out of this thing and not be defined by that ever again. Come on, how many other hands? If you've lifted your hand, you can pop it back down again. But who else? You say, yep, yeah, pastor, pray for me. I want to be, I want to be, pr- yep, yeah, that's it. Fantastic. There's more people responding. You're saying, yes, God, free me, deliver me. Let freedom reign in this house today. I declare and I prophesy, free. Freedom, Lord God, over the men, women, young, old, and in between of this house. I declare freedom in Jesus' name. I declare the love of God and the strength of Jesus Christ into the heart and soul of these ones here today. These ones that you love, these ones that you're inside of. God, we renounce and we rebuke the past and we say it's not defining us anymore. We are not defined by our sin, but we're defined by the God who overcame sin and now resides within us. Father, I declare strength and freedom for these men and women in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. A couple things real quick. First of all, if you responded and saying, I need Jesus, I'm getting out of sketchy town. My friend's going to tell you how we can help you from this point. It's more than a one-night stand, right? We're going on from here. We're going to stand strong and continue to stand strong. So you're a part of a great church that's ready to help from this point. Here's the other thing. These girls, if you read from verse 36, both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son. She named him Moab. He's the father of the Moabites of today. The younger daughter also had a son and she named him Ben-Ami. He's the father of the Ammonites of today. A stupid decision affected more than just them. Moabites and Ammonites and a lesser tribe known as the Vegemites. Sorry, Moabites and Ammonites. For generations, they're fighting against the children of God. Why? Because your sins are not just about you, they're about the next generation. Here's two types of next generation. Number one is your kids. It's what heritage we pass on to our children and our children's children. It's family. That's why the marriage seminar next weekend is powerful. Sign up. Just do it. Right? Yeah, cool. Denise at coastlinechurch.org. D-N-I-S-E. Right? Right, cool. So it's about that. It's about what you pass on within your family. But it's also about the understanding that you get to reach out to the next generation that don't know Christ yet. Your next downline, the person that you get to shine the light that didn't know Jesus, but yet because they saw you and your life, they now do. 
Let's put it this way. Sketchy town, it was going down. God sends an angel. And in this society, you're the angel being sent. In this town, you're the angel. Which person in your world are you the angel for today? I'm not saying you have to be perfect. But today, I believe that God has sent me to spark a fire in this community of faith that says we're willing to get out of the comfort zone of these four walls and to love somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Maybe someone that's blocked him off. Maybe someone who was brought up in a church and had stuff happen that's tragic. Maybe they felt judged by God, but today you're going to be the angel that goes and shows them that there's no judgment in Christ Jesus. There's love and there's acceptance. And God takes us as we are. Who are you the angel for today? Come on, lift your hands right where you are. How about you stand your feet right where you are? Lift your hands to heaven, an act of surrender. Come on, church. Come on, coastline. Stand your feet and lift your hands to heaven. Because I want to pray over you. Because you've been sent, young and old, into your world to be a shining light. Not like Lot, who was influenced by the world. But Abraham, like Abraham, who received the love of God and shared that with the world, he stayed in faith. And I believe that God is stirring something significant in the hearts of men and women here today. And there's a confidence arising. There's a confidence in God in you. And there's a confidence in God in this community that you feel you feel confident that you can invite someone into your world, maybe in for a friendship, in for a movie, in for a barbecue, or in for a service. There's a confidence. There's going to be more invitations going out into this community than ever before. There's going to be more people coming in through those doors than ever before. Father, I speak and I prophesy over the men and women of this house, Lord God, a move of heaven, heaven's power, supernatural touch. God, lighting a fire on the inside. God, I pray, Lord God, for those that have hid behind excuses of fear or insecurity, that today freedom reigns in this house. God, I declare... Your presence and your power makes a way where it seems like there is no way. Because there's freedom in the name of Jesus. Somebody with faith shouted. Come on, somebody with faith shouted. God bless you. Thank you so much for having me.